Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today is going to be kind of a heavy show. It's going to be episode 94 in which I'm going to talk about watching America die by suicide. And I just want to make reference before I start to the show notes at jimmystable.com for this episode 94, Watching America Die by Suicide. Because the show notes that I have for today, I make a lot of reference to a lot of events and a lot of claims that I have fully linked to sources that document these claims thoroughly. So when I make a claim and you don't believe it, go check the show notes. I have plenty of references. Um, And I want to do this because we're going to be dealing with a very difficult topic, a highly politicized topic, a highly emotionally charged topic. And I, for one, believe in being as truthful and factual as I can, and I believe in gathering as many facts before trying to assess things and form an opinion and give you my insight on things. So without further ado, let me just go ahead and get started. Watching America Die by Suicide, episode 94, jimmystable.com. So just when we were having a sense of hope and we were starting to turn the page on the year 2020 and the awful year that it had been, and started entering into 2021, something else bad happened. On Wednesday, January 6th, at a Save America rally organized outside the U.S. Capitol buildings in Washington, D.C., in order to protest what is perceived by many on the right as a stolen election. This is being done as the Senate was meeting in order to certify the Electoral College vote, in which Donald Trump lost the 2020 presidential election to Joe Biden. As the entire world knows, after that, things quickly turned violent. Just as Trump promised a few weeks before, the rally would be wild. And it became just that. Trump, in a highly charged speech, insisted over and over again that the 2020 election had been stolen from him and the people and that the Democrats were coming after him and his supporters with promised persecution and retribution. President Trump's speech was the moral equivalent, in my opinion, of shouting fire in a crowded theater. In this instance, our theater was the presidential election and the balance of power in America. It's a claim that can do nothing but incite possible violence. In a democratic society... If people believe that they were wrongfully deprived of the fundamental ability to vote and that they, their, their vote was robbed of them, such people feeling robbed of the only power that they have to determine the direction of their lives and the direction of their nation are going to respond in ways that simply are not pretty. And as a result of this speech... Things indeed turned ugly. Protesters infiltrated the U.S. Capitol building and the Senate, resulting in at least five deaths. 
The National Guard was eventually called in, and the entire city went into lockdown. Many Trump supporters have attempted to lay blame for the violence on the leftist domestic terror groups like Antifa. However, the U.S. Department of Justice says that there is no indication Antifa played a role in Wednesday's chaos at the U.S. Capitol. Instead, it has been Trump supporters and far-right-wing extremist groups who identify themselves as QAnon, as time after time after time, that keep getting identified and arrested. And some of those who have been arrested have even been Republican state lawmakers. Since these events, there have been discussions of removing President Trump from his office, either by Vice President Pence and the the cabinet invoking the 25th Amendment, or by holding another impeachment trial against Trump. Several high-ranking Trump administration officials, because of all this, have resigned. And since all of this has happened merely a couple days ago, Trump has announced that he is conceding the election finally to Joe Biden has denounced the violence that happened and is said to be committing to the peaceful transition of power. However, shortly after the president uh, made these remarks, he put out a series of statements and tweets on Twitter that suggested he might still yet be up to something and sounded like he was possibly walking back his concession. Worried about possibly inciting more violence, Twitter took swift action along with Facebook and has permanently banned the President of the United States, Donald Trump, from their platforms. According to reports, Twitter said it feared Trump's most recent tweets were being interpreted as supporting the rioters and that plans for future armed protests had already been proliferating both on and off the platform including a proposed attack on the U.S. Capitol and the state Capitol buildings on January 17th, just a couple weeks from now. And this quote is per CNBC. Others have reported also that a variety of groups throughout the United States are planning to violently protest Joe Biden's inauguration on January 19th and 20th. Angered over the perceived infringement on the freedom of speech by social media companies and their crackdown on Trump and others, many Trump supporters started a mass exodus from Facebook and Twitter to alternate social media sites like Parler. And just as this started to happen, Google removed Parler from their Android app store, and Apple is currently looking at doing the same. This has angered many over the perceived crackdown on the freedom of speech by these tech giants and the hypocrisy that they have shown in recent years as they frequently take sides that are much more left-leaning in their expressions in the freedom of speech than they are that of sympathizing with people who say things that lean towards the extreme right. So that's the state of our union. That's where we are over the last couple days. And it got me to thinking, with all the perceived ratcheting up of all that has happened recently, I started thinking about this quote that I found by Abraham Lincoln as I prepared for this show today. In 1838, Abraham Lincoln delivered a speech called the Lyceum Address, in which, after making glowing remarks about the founding of America, 
he gave a sobering warning about the possible demise of our nation. Lincoln said, and I quote, Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us at a blow? Never. At the, all the armies of Europe, Asia and Africa combined, with all the treasure of the earth, our own accepted, and their military chest, with a Bonaparte fur commander, could not by force take one drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. At what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it is ever to reach us, it must spring up among us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. End quote. I perceive that Abraham Lincoln's remarks are something to consider at this moment in time. While they ultimately got played out in regard to the Civil War in the 1860s, his words may still yet prove to ultimately be prophetic. This past year with the coronavirus pandemic, racial unrest and violent protest, economic woes and highly contentious election, we are living in the, perhaps the most divisive point in modern America history, or at least I will say in the past 40 years, which is the span of my life, I have personally never seen things ratcheted up to the level that they are now. Conspiracy theories abound in the left and the right. People have become increasingly politically polarized. A man's enemies are now members of his own household. It remains highly unlikely that America will ever suffer defeat at the hands of a foreign army. Our Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, coupled with physical size of our land, remain our greatest source of national defense that make it all but impossible for another country to invade and occupy. Coupled with the fact that we are highly technologically advanced, we are wealthy, we have more guns than we do people, and possess a stockpile of nuclear bombs that, if unleashed, would probably incinerate the atmosphere and destroy our planet. We are practically bulletproof as a nation when it comes to external threats of foreign armies. Indeed, if we were ever to fall as a nation, I believe Lincoln to probably be right. It'll be our strife from within. A strife that ultimately owes its origins to perhaps our violent and contentious founding, which historically speaking, really wasn't that long ago. If we are to ever fall, it's because our founders set up a form of government that, for all its wisdom and wonder and amazement, can be a constant source of friction, as people who often have diametrically opposed values are forced to work together to get anything done. If we are to ever fall, it'll be because we have managed to politicize and moralize just about every interaction with one another as a war between demonic enemies, instead of a simple meeting of the minds between neighbors and fellow citizens. So, we might ask, with all of this happening, what comes next? And you know, to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure what comes next. My prophetic gifts are better used for understanding the current moment than they are at predicting the future. All I know for certain 
as I'm kind of at a loss. I was talking about it with my wife just last night as I planned out this show. I believe to my bones that the next few weeks as we watch the transition of power between Trump and Biden take place, as we watch the newly elected senators take over and that the House, Senate, and Executive Office will become um, completely democratic, that I don't believe this transition, in spite of Trump promising it to be a peaceful one, I don't believe it's going to be peaceful. I just don't. I feel like I'm looking into a sea of blackness. As a watchman, all I can do is look and wait. I don't know how this is ultimately going to play out. And while I'm still hoping for good things and trusting in the Lord about the future as I normally do, and while I believe in many ways in the resolve of our democracy and the institutions that ultimately shape America and our commitment ultimately to following hopefully the Constitution and the rule of law, I remain naturally optimistic even though things look pretty bleak. I believe there's a lot of strength here. I believe there's a lot of resolve here. I believe for all that's being troubled in this world and in this nation, that uh, that the things that we live in, the system we were that we were put, placed in here by our founders and and by God, I believe this resistant to the system to be an ultimately a very resilient system. Um, and it has been tested and tried before, and I believe it is likely to continue to endure this time. But I don't believe that's always going to be the outcome. And I think that the process may still be yet very messy and disastrous, even if we do continue to endure as a nation. Things are ultimately heating up and there's no getting around that. As I have conversations with folks, both on the left and on the right, and as I see the glee and terror both sides feel, I cannot help but sense there are a lot of people planning to do some pretty stupid stuff. There is talk of civil war and violent uprising. People on the margins are truly freaking out. And the vitriolic language of both left and right sides is ultimately unsustainable. Some people are taking victory laps while others who feel like they are losing their country are preparing for war. People are becoming increasingly isolated, increasingly tribal, and increasingly radicalized. They don't give a damn about their neighbors. Right now, everyone is clamoring for power and trying to come out on top. One side is doing it through a raised clenched fist. The other is looking to conquer through a cross that's been draped in an American flag. People are taking dramatic steps towards the proverbial edge, and we are ready to drive off a cliff with whatever bus driver we like the most. 
And as we deal out retribution, we never stop to think what the consequences of our actions will have or even bother to ask about the, what the possible blowback might ultimately be. We just take swift actions and say to hell with the consequences. If there ever were a sign of God's judgment on America, I think it would be this. According to the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, you can reference it if you want. When God judges people, God simply gives them over to the fullness of their sin. And I believe in many ways we are seeing that. One lie begets another lie that requires another lie on top of that lie. And before you know it, you are plunged into a sea of lies and living in a world divorced from any sense of what is real. You may claim to fight for the truth, only to find yourself swimming in a stream of lies and conspiracy theories entirely divorced from facts and reality. And the way I see it, both on the left and the right, we haven't been a people who love the truth. We simply love winning and coming out on top. We want to dominate others and feel a sense of control. We love our fortunes, we love our power, and we love taking sides. And everything we do is to that end. Instead of a life marked by the fullness of joy, we'll find one marked by destruction and conquest. So what comes next? I don't know. But I feel a lot of people are becoming increasingly disconnected. They feel defrauded. They're feeling cut off. And they feel afraid. And people who feel cut off and afraid become dangerous. And I say this from the perspective of somebody offering you kind of an inside scoop into the kind of evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic subculture that I've been swimming in for about 20 years now. Experienced Bible college, seminary, been in and out of, been in the church for, for many years, been involved with a lot of ministries, big and small, rural and city, um, mostly conservative-leaning folks. I've gone to church with a lot of these folks. I'm still friends with many of the people I've gone uh, to church with at various different churches. And all I can say is somebody with an evangelical, Christian, Pentecostal, charismatic background who mostly runs in conservative-leaning circles, being kind of conservative-leaning myself, <laughs> you might not like a lot of these people. But I promise you, forcing them underground and ostracizing them won't be pretty. As Christians, we are supposed to be a people who walk in the love that of Jesus and who are peacemakers. Yet, many of my fellow Christians have long abandoned such teachings of Jesus and many of them will even blatantly contradict it. They don't see their enemies as individuals to be loved. 
and they've gotten tired of turning the other cheek. At this point, many prefer to baptize others at sword point. Not too far removed from the Middle Ages. And with their religion being conflated with being a patriotic American Trump supporter, there is a very real sense that a highly radicalized faction of them just might attempt to baptize others at sword point. Talking with many of people in these circles, I'm personally at the point where I've realized that no amount of careful reasoning, documenting of facts, or appeals to the teachings of Jesus will persuade any of these folks. They simply don't care about those things anymore. Even though they might claim otherwise, they simply don't care. They are a danger, not only to the future of Christianity, which they have long polluted, but they're a danger to America itself. And while I definitely have my concerns about other groups and the church and in this country, so don't think I'm just sitting here harping on right-wingers. I see you lefties too. (laughs) The perspective I bring today is simply that of someone who has been plunged deeply into this certain subculture of the American population. And the warning bells that I'm ringing today, I'm ringing from my own camp. So everybody, this has been episode 94, and with this podcast today, 94 straight weeks of publishing new podcast content every week, and with the state of the union as things as they are, I've decided for the time being, for the next couple weeks, I'm going to take a little break from podcasting. I'm going to take a little break from being very active on Twitter and Facebook Just for a couple weeks, though. I will be back. I promise that. Assuming I don't die in a holocaust. (laughs) Assuming Joe Biden doesn't load me and my fellow Christians up on a train and puts us in camps and kills all of us. Right. (laughs) But I'm exhausted, folks. I'm spent. I'm not exhausted and spent from podcasting, per se. I love doing it. I could do it every week. Every week. For the rest of my life, I enjoy doing this podcast at jamiestable.com. But right now, I just feel a lot of pain in our country. And I simply want to carefully watch as things unfold. I want to pray. I want to give time to grief and lamentation. Things aren't as they are supposed to be, folks. I'm deeply bothered by it all. My heart is very heavy. My heart is very heavy. And I simply want to seek Jesus and find a time of refreshing. And I want to step away from being a voice. Tired of speaking. I'm tired of speaking. And I just want to listen. I want to give all over to the hands of Jesus. Who alone can calm this raging storm. And while I'll still be somewhat active on Facebook and Twitter, at this point right now, I have to disengage. I'll share this podcast and I'll continue to share it so people can find it. 
But I don't know. I think I want to lose myself right now and just sharing funny memes and pictures of my food. <laughs> so if you want to reach out to me, jimmystable.com, check out the notes. You can find links on Facebook and Twitter. Or you can email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. So feel free to reach out, reach out to me. Feel free to share this podcast. Feel free to subscribe. You can do that. Again, jimmystable.com. Go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and you'll find all the different ways you can subscribe to this podcast. Feel reach. Feel free to reach out to me. And all I can say is, God bless us all in these difficult times. And I don't know how those times are going to unfold. I'm giving it all over to the Lord. Trusting Him from the outcomes. I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm afraid. That's all I have to say about that. That's so right on, man. You said it all. And now, a random moment from ADD Masterminds. Truth. <laughs> Truth is part of love. Right. If you actually pursue love, there will be truth in it. Sure. You know, if I truly love my child, I'm not going to let him, you know, become a, you know, murderer, drug addict, you know, awful, awful, whatever. I'm not going to be okay with that. You know, I love my child. I want. Find ADD Masterminds on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.